Welcome to Public Affairs on WRBH. I am Babs Wood, and today I'm going to be talking with Ramsey Green. He is the Deputy CAO, that's the Chief Administrative Officer for the City of New Orleans, and he is here to talk to us about Mardi Gras. Um, Ramsey, in our pre-interview, I didn't talk to you about this, but I actually have a, a surprise question first. Uh We can all get a little, yeah, we can all get a little aggravated about Mardi Gras. I'm just going to start it there right now. I noticed you live uptown. I've lived in the Irish Channel, the Black Pearl, the French Quarter. Uh, What, what, as we're all grumbling about parking and traffic, what are the implications for our city for Mardi Gras from a financial perspective, from a tourism perspective? What is is there we need to, what are the goods uh, beyond the historical joy that it brings us? What do all the, what are the, what is the, what are the tourism, uh, what does that do for us? So, so great question, Babs, and thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, You know, I took, I started this job on, on inauguration day of Mayor LaToya Cantrell, which was May 7th of 2018. And for years before that, um, I I'm a resident first in this city, and then uh, I'm, I'm very honored to be doing this role for the city government. Um, you know, Mardi Gras is the greatest free show on earth, and there is no uh, city like New Orleans in the first place. Um, I didn't have the good fortune of growing up here, but I made a conscious uh, choice as a young adult to stay here and, and met my wife here and raised my children here. Um, and a good part of that is because of the magic that is this city. And Mardi Gras, no matter where somebody sits on the socioeconomic ladder, they all get to participate in Mardi Gras. And that's what's so exciting about it. To that end, it does introduce a great deal of stress onto our city government from the perspective of public safety, permitting, operations, everything from cleaning up to regulating when you can set a ladder up uh, on a neutral ground. And you know, one thing that I've learned as a, as a relatively recent addition to city government is how well our city government responds to crises of, of the day, what, what may happen today, but also the expected uh, influx of folks who come to this city. I have friends come in on Saturday. They'll be staying in our house. Um, and I, I don't think I'm unusual in any way, but the economic impact of Mardi Gras is massive. It has a big impact on our local economy, but it's also a, a, a cultural um, and historic part of the city that, you know, Mayor Cantrell and, and this administration has made it a point to learn every year from what happens um, in one year's Mardi Gras and applying those lessons to, to future uh, Mardi Gras. And that is, that is what we've done with some new um, ordinances that have, uh, were passed by the city council about two weeks ago. Um, relating to sustainability, safety, and making Mardi Gras accessible to, to everyone. All righty. Well, tell us more. I have, I have heard, I heard in my, my pottery class, I heard them talking about these new laws, and that's right, people. Uh, it is not a lawless bacchanal, although we're all here to have fun. Um, I, for one, am excited about the new ordinances. I, I love it when things are, are set up. Uh, to make things easier and more accessible for everyone, and uh, the tyranny of a few doesn't control things. So, so let's get started. What's going on with ladders? Can I set my ladder up uh, two weeks in advance and leave it there on St. Charles Avenue till Tuesday, Mardi Gras Day? What What can I do with this ladder? 
So the simple answer is um, we, we need to make sure that Mardi Gras is accessible to everyone. And people go to parades and they assemble on the public right-of-way. And you just use the example of the St. Charles neutral ground. Um, go set your ladder up and leave it there. I think you did, but yes, um, that, that was that was my hypothetical scenario okay. of, of so, can I move on to the neutral ground of St. Charles Avenue? Right. So, well, what operates on the St. Charles Avenue neutral ground? The streetcar. Streetcar, which is how people get to work. Um, that that is a critical piece of infrastructure in this city, and when you know, a two-lane um, fraternity sets up a big tent and hires their pledge to go out there and sit there for two straight days to reserve it. Um, it doesn't matter um, whether that guy was there for two days. It matters that it's blocking our access to a streetcar. And when you set up that early, you are leading to essentially inaccessibility for the rest of people in this city. And the biggest thing, and I know it's a a bit of an obscure word, but I'm sure this was potentially done uh, intentionally many years ago. But in the city code, the word pendency was used, P-E-N-D-A-N-C-Y. Pendency. And pendency, it said, the code said, that when a parade, there is the pendency of a parade, you may set up for that parade. Well, I don't know what that means. People didn't know what that means. And then you have people spray painting um, the Orleans Avenue neutral ground uh, in advance of Endymion. I uh, saw what yes. I do, do it this weekend. No, um, I live on Bayou St. John. I was wondering when that would get started. Uh, have thing, You all have addressed that as well? That's wonderful. Well, I have news for those folks who are spray painting the neutral grounds. We are going to cut the grass. <gasps> Oh. So, so you'll you'll notice that there's a little bit of weeds growing on some of our neutral grounds, and part of that is we have shifted our schedule of mowing the grass. So if you're out there spray painting, I don't recommend you do it a because it's a waste of your time, and b we're going to cut it all down, uh, and we will we will mow the grass before Endymion. So anybody who's out there spray painting, there's really really don't do that. Break it down so for we, me legally. When can I set up for Endymion on the Orleans Avenue neutral ground? 10 a.m. That, that day, the day before, what can I do? Four hours before the parade. Four you hours. find what pendency means. Four hours before the parade, you, you can go set your stuff up, have your, your folks out there. I mean, we, we, we really learned from this during the 2019 season. I, I went and walked the route with our many of our uh, Homeland Security folks and our NOPD folks. We had people setting up tents, charging admission on the St. Charles Avenue neutral ground, um, one, one guy set up a tent with daiquiri machines inside the tent and then would charge $30 for admission to come into his tent. Well, you know, that's uh, New Orleans. <laughs> that is public space. And, and I get the entrepreneurial spirit and the funny uh, nature of this stuff, but it Sorry. is our job no, to you're right, you're the right. government. It is. And, and that's that's what's great about what you're doing, because I, I did grow up here um, and I'm so thrilled that you're raising your children here. And that is the attitude that we have uh, as as New Orleanians. We hear of stuff like that happening and we just we just go, you throw your hands up and you go, well, what are you going to do? And you, Ramsey Green. <laughs> 
Deputy CAO of New Orleans, you and the Cantrell administration are doing something about it. You're going, no, you can't have illegal booze vending machines on city property. And and, and thank you. I just want to say thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that, but I, I want to be really clear on who 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 you should be thanking. First off, um, the crews and and they they Femme Fatale um, for some odd years ago eliminated throwing plastic bags from their floats. Um, you know, Iris eliminated cardboard boxes four years ago. Um, they got rid of large trash bags on their floats seven years ago. Um, there are crews. To, to my sort of our second objective on this, aside from the operational and regulatory one, which which we just discussed, um, this was not an initiative of of me or the mayor or the government simply stepping in and saying do it this way. This was a listening. Um, this is a conversation. We talked to the crews. We talked to all elements of our government. We set up a task force. I want to say roughly a month after Mardi Gras of 2019, where. We wanted to hear what are the biggest frustrations from our perspective as government administrators. Regulating the use of the public right of way was a dip, was it was a big one, where folks set up lines of those ladders um, and left them there for five days. Well, what does that mean if you are a parent and you have a five-year-old who wants to run down to a float and you know get the get the big stuffed animal? Well, you can't get through the the, the line of ladders. EMS cannot um, navigate through that line of ladders when there's a service call on the other side of St. Charles Avenue. There, there is very real reasons why we're trying to clarify what these rule, um, rules mean. And we appreciate truly, I mean, I mean, the mayor loves Mardi Gras. Um, you know, our folks in-house, we love Mardi Gras, but we want to make sure that Mardi Gras continues safely and sustainably and so there's certain things that every year we're going to do this. We, we go, we celebrate it, we go operationally um, and review what Mardi Gras, um, its impact on the government is and its impact on our residents are. And then we have to make some adjustments as government. The city council was a critical part of getting this ordinance refined and passed. Um, and all of the crews uh, were as well. I mean, a couple other amendments that, that we're not talking about, but that I think are really important is that, you know, you, um, you're, we're going to have ladders need to be six feet from the curb and, and shouldn't be fastened together. We cannot have enclosed tents. Um, any items left on the public right of way um, after the final parade of the day could be subject to removal. So people should be removing the, those. But you know, certain things I'm really proud of is is in 2019 we really looked at what kind of waste are we producing. We produced. Our, our folks picked up over a thousand tons of trash, and that all went straight to a landfill. Oh, I've um, heard such great things about what y'all are doing as far as trying to make Mardi Gras more eco-friendly. I know yeah. the crews are doing some great stuff. I went, I went to Chewbacca's a couple weeks ago. There was a crew. They were the trash crew. They were walking down the route, say, and different members of their group were picking up, uh, give us your bottles, give us your trash, give yep. us your recyclables. Uh, what other crews are, are doing uh, some some eco efforts? Yeah, no, I, I really, really good, good point. I mean, I, I was at... Um, Crew Devu, and they had the trash formers um, <laughs> collecting, you know, stuff at the end of the parade. And you know, one thing Mayor Cantrell that is very frank about 
is the environmental threat faced um, by this city. Uh, rising sea levels, um, de degraded infrastructure, um, how we deal with a high rate of rain event that we're seeing, rate of rain events that, that have never been seen before in this part of um, our city and our state. Um, and, <clears throat> pardon me, what can we do about it? And to that end, you know, part of this new package of ordinances includes single-use plastic bags and non-biodegradable paper streamers are now prohibited from being thrown from a float. And yes, we as government can say, don't do this. It, it uh, adds a, a, there's a complexity to enforcing it. But by working with the crews, they recognize this and say, you know what? We do have major environmental pro problems. We don't want that stuff to go straight into our drainage system, which it will. Oh, um, speaking of, speaking of drain covers, I don't know whether the, you've done yeah. this before. The fir I don't know whether it's the first year. Is it all over the city? I was so thrilled to see these yep. orange drain covers. Yeah, we call them, those are called gutter buddies. Gutter buddies. Um, <laughs> yeah, the first the first year that gutter buddies was deployed, uh, were deployed, I should say, was in 2018 along the uptown route. In 2019, when we came uh, in, we said, let's put them on all the routes. So we now have them on the uptown and the mid-city route. We have them, uh, we did a ribbon cutting this morning in the Ferret neighborhood for a major um infrastructure reconstruction project there and we have gutter buddies at every one of our job sites now so we don't have dust and debris going into our drainage system i mean those plastic bags can get into our drainage system but remember when you've got a 12 year old dance majorette you know she's wearing shoes she's wearing sequins that that's dangerous as a tripping hazard you know plastic as jay banks the city councilman for district b said i thought it was a great quote he said you know you step on a plastic bag in the middle of a you know a light rain or a recent rain event when you've got a Mardi Gras parade, that's like standing, that's like, like stepping onto ice. It's like a banana and, peel. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we don't have ice here, uh, southern ice. Uh, yeah, the, I that that is so so they'll just have the sort of I think I've seen them throw off the floats before. More of that reusable tote type of thing is what the crews are getting their beads in instead yeah, of some the, of them. Some of them are, are, they're doing a variety of things. Some of them are doing that, but they also, um, you know, um, Rex, for example, they said, look, we're throwing these cups out um, that people are valuing less and less. You know, <gasps> My Mardi Gras China, don't tell me they're taking away right. the cups. Are they taking away the cups? No, they're not. They're yes. not taking away. They're making them more special. And for example, they have this year 10,000 new light stainless steel reusable cups. Oh my um, goodness, fancy. And they, they do have their traditional recycling cup, re recycle plastic cups, but they're trying to create a more valuable throw rather than um, just simply increasing the quantity of throw. You know, if you talk to people who are here in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, you know, getting a doubloon was a big deal and people still have those. You know, you're now getting into this sort of is, is a huge sack of beads, you know, is, is that what you want your crew to be remembered for? Or do you want to have like a more valuable but more expensive, make no mistake, some of these things are more expensive, but let's look at, at the, the impact of sort of putting, you know, less throws but more valuable throws. And, and Rex really did, has stepped up, I think, in, in that way. And then you have a lot of really good organizations doing some innovative things, particularly on throws. Grounds Crew NOLA, um, there's a guy named Brett Davis who started this group and they have little sacks of New Orleans coffee. They have 
um, you know, red beans um, and rice, and, and people are throwing those. Uh, for I red, would so Mark, much rather those. that than a bunch of toxic plastic from China. That's fantastic. Right. Um, and then Rex has committed that a pretty big percentage of its beads are coming from Arc Greater New Orleans, which employs special needs adults uh, to convert and recycle those beads into a new throw. And, and that is where they're tracking to get all of their, their future beads would be coming from Arc GNO. King Arthur, Iris, Tux, they're buying a lot of their beads from Arc GNO, which, you know, that's great. A, you're recycling, which is good for the environment. And B, you know, these are our local special needs folks are working um, to use, uh, to convert um, those throws into future throws. The Arc GNO has a drop-off uh, over by Lusher High School uptown. Every year, my wife and I put together all our Mardi Gras throws that the kids haven't been playing with. We go and we donate them at the, that drop-box. And, you know, that's a, that's a really, I mean, this, what I'm excited about about this municipal sort of ordinance change is this is not big government telling citizens what to do. This is government working together with crews who really provide this show. Government's job is simply to make sure public is safe, uh, infrastructure is safe, and the regulatory side uh, is, is thoughtfully done. Uh, and and we're, we're reducing the amount of trash that we, or at least we're on a pathway, reducing the amount of trash that we put straight into a landfill. Well, it sounds like you're really working extremely closely with the crews to the point of you know what they're throwing, you know the source, and it sounds like the crews are really collaborating with the city to make Mardi Gras something that is going to be around for years to come because New Orleans is going to be around for years to come. Um, One thing that I think people might start to notice on Napoleon, what is going on with those beautiful Brand new Japanese magnolias. Is there is there something uh, something around those that's protecting them from the beads? Yeah, thanks so much for bringing that up, Bab. So so the um, the Army Corps of Engineers runs what's called the SELA program, and the SELA program is is an extensive drainage program of massive subsurface canals. And years ago, they finished the Napoleon Avenue subsurface canal. People may remember the the, the very difficult sort of traffic problems associated with that. They got the job done. But in the neutral ground, they are continuing the green space um, side of the project. And that, if if you know, between Claiborne Avenue and Broad Street, there's the Broadmoor Fitness Path, which is a winding path through the green space with trees planted. And it's it's stunning. It's beautiful. I do know it. It is beautiful. What an asset for the folks who live there. It's wonderful. Well, that is now being continued from Claiborne Avenue all the way to Constance Street. And they started at Constance um, last year, and they are, you'll see the winding path, and it, it's, it's really beautiful, and then they plant the trees. Well, there's really no good time to plant trees when you have Mardi Gras um, when it is. You know, you plant trees in, in the fall or the spring. You don't plant them in the summer. So these trees are very small. And they are there. The concrete is, has been poured on a number of the blocks. But the Army Corps, and we, we've been really working closely with the Army Corps and the Department of Parks and Parkways to make sure that those trees are protected because that is where folks mass. And so yesterday or, or the day before, you'll see that they started putting up a one-sided uh, tree bead mitigation tent. And uh, it's essentially 
a big um, screen, or some people would call it a scrim, that you can, it's a transparent screen that will protect the trees from throws, and then they have orange fencing around each one of the trees. And what I would ask is, um, to our residents and to the folks who come into town, really, you know, acknowledge those are, those are new, beautiful trees. They're going to be here for as, as long as we possibly can have them. It raises the canopy in this city, and it, it creates a really beautiful walking path. Let's look out for those trees. Um, you know, they're special, and um, that's what we're trying to do is, is protect them. And I really applaud the Corps of Engineers and Colonel Stephen Murphy and his team for, for really taking seriously protecting those trees. I agree. I think they are gorgeous, and I believe in us. I believe in the people of New Orleans. I believe that we can have nice things, and let's all do our part to to not have our have our toddlers pee on the trees, or or throw <laughs> our beads at the trees, or or try to climb the trees. They're not ready for that yet. Um, let's all believe in a better future. Um, we have a few more minutes. Um, what's going on? How do how do I pee on Mardi Gras Day? What's going on with the porta potties? Do we have any anything new? Are there more this year? I've noticed. I would never, never have considered using a porta potty. Um, I don't know in my teens, in the nineties, and I do. I use them now. Uh, they are clean. Uh, there's they are plentiful. And uh, and can you tell me anything in particular about the porta potties, Ramsey Green? Yeah. So. That, that's, that's another good question, Babs. Thank you. So um, I, I'm going to start a little bit geeky here. The federal government rates events in terms of vulnerability um, as a sort of a, a threat. And there is a, a category um, called SEER, and it's basically special events, um, actionable category, something like that. Our uh, Mardi Gras has been raised to a SEER 2, which means we were at a SEER 3 before. It's a SEER 2 now, which means it's a very special event in the eyes of the federal government. Oh, how wonderful. And, and, and what that means is we as a local government have to be very conscious of Mardi Gras has grown tremendously in the last 10 years. And we have to be conscious of making sure our own actions as it relates to security and protection um, step up in terms of acknowledging the, the true um, security threats related with the events that, that we're managing. And as such, part of that Mardi Gras ordinance was um, large enclosed vehicles will be prohibited from parking on public streets within two blocks of a route four hours before and after each parade. And that includes box trucks, cargo vans, trucks with portalettes, campers, recreation vehicles, and trailers. Wait, one more time, one more time. Four That's hours Yep, before. so during that pendency period, okay. four hours before and after a parade, large enclosed vehicles, so that's box trucks, cargo vans, trucks with portalettes, campers, recreation vehicles, and trailers, um, will not be permitted to park on public streets within two blocks of a parade route. And that's just to ensure the protection of all of those folks who are along the parade route. It's a very... Um, it's, I think it's a minor inconvenience. Um, you know, the city will always keep uh, setting up its porta, porta potties. The uh, Department of Property Management does a really good job of making sure those are set up. Um, there's a huge line of them at the intersection of St. Charles and Napoleon. We have them set up at various points along the Endymion route. And then, frankly, you know, go into these neighborhood businesses that are right along the parade route. 
go get a drink, go get something to eat, and use the restroom. I mean, part of Mardi Gras and part of how special it is is going to the city's businesses um, that are along these routes. You know, there are plenty of businesses along Magazine Street. Don't just go in there and use the restroom. Go in there and get a cup of coffee. Get no, something I'm to so eat. glad you mentioned that because I... I mean, I don't know what it is. Again, Mardi Gras of my childhood. But I went into going to the parade route with stress. Like, okay, I have to pack hours worth of snacks and drinks. And I have to have all this stuff. And I'm going to have to get a catheter because, you know. Right. But no, we've we've found that when we go to Uptown Parades, I can go into any number of bars and restaurants and wait five minutes in a line, order dinner to go and, and, and order drinks. And I don't have to bring anything and uh and yeah i mean everybody has their spots you can contact me here at the station and i'll I'll tell you my spots if you want but uh yeah i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned that because it is not something that you need to pack like you're going camping for quite frankly yeah and and you know we're doing we're doing uh our our best to really put this information out there as to where the porta potties are where the ems stands are but if you go on routewise.nola.gov you can also register with NOLA Ready for the text alerts, but we're very, um, very much open about spreading this information around. We're, we're doing our best to, to, you know, put press releases out using social media, but routewise.nola.gov is sort of the epicenter of information related to where, where the porta-potties are, what the new rules are, um, and how the management of Mardi Gras um, works, and um, those new sustainability rules as well. Okay, uh, I think I think we've covered everything. I feel so prepared for Mardi Gras Day. I know what to do uh, when I want to set up with my girlfriends to go watch Muses. Uh, I know exactly what time I can start to do that. That is within the pendency period, which is four hours before a parade. I can set up uh, a, a pop tent, but not a tent with enclosed walls. I, I can set up a little folding table with some snacks if I want. I can set up little chairs, but I can't block any public right-of-ways, meaning I can't do that on a sidewalk. I can't do it on a streetcar track. Is that about some of total of that? Good good work, Babs. <laughs> Thank, I've been paying attention to the, this. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, Mardi Gras is more sustainable. We're looking to pick up our trash and not be the joke of the world when it comes to these truckfuls of beads uh, that we all see in memes. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Ramsey Green, so much for being here. Thank you for listening to the cruise and working with the cruise and um, and helping us have the greatest free party in the world. Thanks so much for the time, Babs. All right. Take care. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Ramsey Green talking to us here on Public Affairs. You can find out more information about the new sustainability uh, rules of Mardi Gras and the policies about when to set up your ladder at routewise.nola.gov. Join us Mondays at 3 p.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. for Public Affairs here on WRBH 88.3 FM.